It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 259. This episode entitled The Week of Glitches. It was recorded on Monday, the 3rd of July, 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and today I'm joined and then not joined and then joined again by some guests. We've got Rob Cairns, we've got Remka Stavris, and we've got Cameron Jones. It's a WordPress podcast, so what do we talk about? Well, WordPress mainly. We start off talking about WordPress 6.3 and what's in there. Then we go on to talk about the command palette and how it's been changing in name over the last few weeks. Also, if you're into WordPress notifications or probably more likely you want to make them go away, there's a feature request out and you can help design how notifications will be handled in the future. WordCamp Europe are looking for organizers for 2024. We talk a lot about AI, largely off the back of a podcast episode I did with James Dominey over at WP Tavern. We also look at a fairly boring curated pattern directory, and we also talk about reusable blocks and how they've been renamed. Then we get on to kids and whether or not you should be posting their images onto social media. There's all that plus a whole lot more on this week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP builds. Oh, well, there's a surprise. We've totally lost somebody during the during the introductory music. We had four of us. And then during that little video, one of us has disappeared. We'll introduce the fourth person anyway. Uh, he did say that he had a terrible op speed for his internet connection. So anyway, this is the second time that that's happened to Cameron. So anyway, we'll do the introductions. Well. Yeah, it's going well. We'll get the introductions for everybody else. Uh, first of all, we have Remkus DeVries joining us today. How are you doing, Remkus? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good, really good. Remkus has a very, very short bio. Uh, it simply says, Remkus is a WordPress performance specialist, podcaster, and content... Tom, let me start that again. And content creator with a podcast newsletter and YouTube channel. You can check out all that he does at the world's coolest URL. It's Remk. Dot us basically it's his name with the dot us at the end r e m k dot us that's very nice that's pretty handy to have i'm quite jealous well thank you how's the podcast going uh pretty good pretty good nice. um there's uh i think eight published now and there's about that amount uh, i still need to do uh, uh to publish but uh, the uh, the reception has been great, and the feedback has been very positive. So uh, yeah, it's going good. Oh, congratulations! Well done. I know it's it's a lot of effort, isn't it? Like all it three is. of us it on is. the screen at the moment are um are podcasters, and you kind of get to realize on the back end if you want to do it like really really poorly, you could probably just knock it out really quickly. But if you want to make a decent stab at it, there is quite a little bit of background work. That it's it's, it's, if it's a few hours work around what you didn't think that were going to be anyway. Right, exactly. Um, every single yeah. episode. So Yeah, well, bravo and well done for that. Again, Remkus is the URL, R-E-M-K dot U-S. Uh, we're also joined by Rob Cairns. How are you doing, Rob? Doing well. Thanks for having me. 
Now, Rob is extremely quiet at the moment. So quiet. Well, yeah, basically, Rob, it's unusably quiet. Um, It is like super, super, super quiet. So I've got a little volume control here, so I will pan that up and down as as fitting. And if I can draw you into the conversation and it's working, we'll go for it. If not, I'll just interrupt and say we can't hear you. But I've, I've ramped your volume right up, so we'll have to see how you do. But quick introduction to Rob. Rob is the founder and CEO of Stunning Digital Marketing. He's a WordPress security expert. We'll get to a bit of that later. Rob co-manages the WordPress Global Community Group on LinkedIn with Courtney Robertson. He's the creator of the SDM Show podcast, and his mission is to have WS Forms automatically send him a pizza in Toronto in his spare time. He likes touring around Ontario with his partner, sports, music, and reading. What, you like touring around Ontario with sports, music, and reading? I like it. The way the comma was in that sentence <laughs> gave me a bad joke in. Oh, and here he is. Cameron Jones is back in the building. Do you know what, Cameron? Honestly, you arrived at the exact correct second. Because I was just about to to say, you know, we'll just press on without Cameron. But here, there he is. Cameron Jones, all the way from Australia, but now living in the UK for goodness knows how long. How are you doing, Cameron? Oh, it's not going to go well, this, is it? Cameron's internet is no. frozen. It's a bit like Tim last week, whose internet kept oh, freezing. Cameron, what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce you, and then I will oh. keep letting you in. And if you... Well, oh, oh, oh <laughs> this, is, this could be interesting. Cameron, I'm going to introduce you, and if you, if we can get you working, bravo. If not, then this will be the second time you've had to kick yourself out of the conversation because your internet's failed. Cameron Jones is a professional WordPress developer uh, from the little beach town of Victor Harbour, Australia. He's the founder of the premium plugin store Mongoose Marketplace, best known for the Mongoose page plugin, which is used by over 30,000 WordPress sites. He's the maintainer of the official WordPress plugin for the free donation platform Kofi, which is dead cool, by the way. Uh, he's also contributed patches to several popular plugins, such as ACF and Jetpack. And as well as spending nearly a decade building sites with products for WordPress, Cameron has spent a little time as a meetup organizer. Uh, he's contributed to WordPress core. And when he doesn't sit in front of his laptop, you can find him on the sports field at a dance class uh, or in the mosh pit. <laughs> Yay! With uh, heavy metal bands, mosh pit. Can you? Oh my goodness! Oh, it's like it, it brings back memories of that that conversation that was you and I had. <laughs> Let's see how he goes. I'll, I'll just crack on, and if uh, if Cameron can join in, bravo. If not, then uh, we'll we'll see where we go. Uh, first of all. If you're joining us in the chat, thank you. This is a brand new platform to me. I've never used it before. I am actually, over the last month or so, I've been trying a different platform more or less every week. This, I think, is where I'm going to settle down. But there are a few quirks to it. Um, much like the last platform, if you want to make your comments visible, especially if you're in the Facebook group, there is a, there is a little thing that you've got to do, um, and that is to grant the streaming platform permission to see your name. And in order to do that, you've got to go to wave.video forward slash lives forward slash Facebook. So if you've done anything in the past to allow us to access your name and video on Facebook, I presume it will now not work. You'll have to do it again. Wave.video forward slash lives forward slash 
Facebook. Here comes Cameron again. <laughs> Let's see if it works. Cameron, I'm just going to keep on trucking. And if you can, we'll let you in at some point. If not, you, you call it yourself. But so far, it seems to be working as of this exact moment. If you want to, uh, if you want to give us a fine to press the go live button. Uh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? That's kind of so strange. We'll, we'll, we'll keep going. You'll be fine. Uh, he, he, he said, hopefully. If you want to share the URL for this show, please do. Um, wpbuilds.com forward slash live is the way to go. Okay. And uh, because I'm getting used to this, it's going to be interesting to me to see how these comments work. So Michelle, for example, is joining us. She says, from Rochester, New York. Ah, she got in first with the weather comment. 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees centigrade. Thank you very much. Elliot from just down the road is saying hi. Thank you. Peter, beaten to it, mate. I'm sorry about that. You're going to have to have words with Michelle uh, because where he is... Oh, he's in southern New England. He's not in Connecticut. What the hell is happening, Peter? The world, it's like the Matrix. Uh, it's sunny skies, thunderstorms expected later in the day. And then we've got Liam joining us from Philadelphia. Marcus Burnett is joining us from Orlando, Florida. And Peacher is joining us from Italy. And then we've got Ross, who's joining us from the UK, where, well, we were better not talking about the UK weather, frankly. Let's go on with the show, shall we? Let's talk about WordPress, because that's what we're here for. It's episode number 259. Just a couple of quick things. First of all, let me get rid of that little bit of nonsense. This is our website, wpbuilds.com. You can see that we are supported by GoDaddy. Thank you to GoDaddy Pro for supporting us for such a long time. Really appreciate it. If you like what we do, fill out that form. Boom, you'll start getting any emails, and there's a big fat unsubscribe link at the bottom. If we annoy you, hopefully we won't. Just quick thing, if you are in a product company, uh, you're in the WordPress space, we have a, a summit that we do. I do this with... Uh, a fine person called Anshan LaRue, and we're running version six of the Page Builder Summit. It's going to probably happen in September later this year, so there's a few months out, and we're looking for sponsors to make the event happen. It's been a real great success in the past. The The audience has been great. It's a recurring audience. You get a lot of the same people coming back. So this page, pagebuildersummit.com forward slash sponsors, if you would like to get yourself in front of that audience please go check out that page. If you scroll down, you'll get all the details of what it is that we're doing over there. Right. Okay. Great. Okay. So WordPressy stuff. Here we go. WordPress 6.3 beta 2 has been released and it's ready for testing. Although I'm not quite sure what went wrong. There was a, there was a problem with the release numbers. I think it got bumped one number instead of a, a different number. But essentially, we're at that point in the cycle where we need eyeballs on it to test the bits and pieces that are coming out. We'll talk about the command palette in a minute, but that needs testing. Improved page management, content editing in the site editor, distraction-free mode in the site editor. I'll enjoy that. Uh, block theme previews. Um, the style book has got a new styles view. There are going to be some style revisions, and there's going to be some improvements to the top toolbar as well. Um, we've also got I don't know what to make about this. We've got a new name for reusable blocks. They've gone from being called reusable blocks, and now they're going to be called synced patterns. Uh, okay, I mean, that's fine. It does seem like we're sort of, I don't know, there's more flux and more weirdness for people to get through if they're, you know, giving these sites to different people. But nevertheless, patterns are now going to be what reusable blocks were. I guess they are collections of patterns. They're going to be either synced or non-synced or unsynced or unsynced. Who knows what they're going to be called? 
Um, but that's coming as well. So I'm going to hand it over to you, gents, all of you in this case, and I'm going to name Cameron when it's his turn, just because it'll be a bit weird if it's all leggy. So, uh, Cameron, would you mind holding off for good a minute? At the moment. We'll, we'll, ah, you see, you're, you're going for it. Go on, Cameron, you go first in that case. Got anything to say what? about 6.3? Um, not really. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> just the, the whole synced patterns thing seems a bit silly. Because, uh, yeah, like a reusable block and a pattern are very different things structurally. So uh, I feel like renaming them synced patterns is just going to add confusion. I mean, it's not going to be a week in WordPress if we don't have some sort of naming controversy. So I guess yes. that is why it's been included. That's like, right. You yeah, know, they're just trying week. to give Nathan Wrigley content. So That's it. Yeah, thank you. Just thank you to the, the, w, the WP.org <laughs> team. That's great. Uh, no, I agree. I think it is quite confusing. Um, to me, they are patterns. They're reusable. So why not keep that next? But you know what? It's the sort of thing that in 48 hours, I'll have completely gotten used to. It's just it's the, the overhead. Sorry, I... And maybe he's frozen. He has, I think, frozen. So in which case, I'll... I'll pick up the baton and hand it to you, Remkus. Thank you. Um, yeah. So six six three is um, is a great continuation of a lot of good stuff happening on the performance side of things. So I I'm I'm, I'm as excited for that as I am for the site editor um, improvements that are continuing. Um, naming convention, yeah. I'm I get it because it's in a way it's the same. But it's also not the same because uh, if your block is just one, like a paragraph that you uh, reuse every every now and then, it kind of makes no sense to call it a pattern. It, I guess something had to happen. I, I'm not quite sure on the logic there. Um, I find the the command palette more of a of an issue because the palette for me is I'm painting. Yeah, this has zero connection to painting to me. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe. Maybe it's because English is my third language that it's uh, there's a disconnect there. But uh, well, we had we had Tim Nash on last week, and he was he was yeah. favoring. I was suggesting all these silly names that it could be called instead of something sensible, and he was saying that command palette. I'm sure it was command palette. He thought that was a sensible option because he's got lots of different pieces of software which have all just settled on that word for that thing. So he thought it would be much more widely understood by people who were, I don't know, in different SaaS apps and different Mac, Mac apps and wherever else you might be on the internet. So maybe there's the reasoning behind that. I, 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 I kind of translated it in my head as, okay, um, I'll have to use it for my own side, but I'm, I'm also helping with translations uh, for, uh, to Dutch and, uh, and Frisian. Uh, I'll, I'll pick a better name there, because uh, Palo just. I, I, again, I'm, 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 I, I used to paint, um, and, and that is to me what a palette is. You get your palette. Like if you, if you, if you type in, in your emoji, uh, uh, stuff, you type in palette, you will actually see the painter's palette. So that's how stuck it is. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me, but other than that, uh, six, three, uh, I'm, I'm again, excited. Six, two was good. Six, one was good. Six, three is a good continuation. I like that menus are in the side editor. Now, because having to explain to a client where that is in the current edition is horrible. Or am I jumping the gun now? Is that Gutenberg? No, it's, 
yeah, yeah. No, I think no, I think that's not plug in, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I get it. That's fine. Actually, let's let's just push your little bit because you you had a tweet that we were going to mention much later in the show. We might as well mention oh, yeah. it now, given that you uh, were talking about the performance there. So let me just share that one on the screen. So this is a tweet. I've had to Photoshop it, if you like. I've had to just take a, a screenshot because, well, <laughs> Twitter now won't allow you if you're logged out, which I am on this browser, um, to view any tweets, it turns out. So anyway, Johnny Harris uh, wrote the following. The WordPress performance team has been working extremely hard on a 13-year-old ticket. WordPress scripts will now support async and defer attributes, giving developers more control on scripts. Uh, loaded and FE performance. Massive props to everyone involved in this one. Were you referencing that when you were talking about the performance updates in 6.3? Uh, part of it. Part of it. There's um, there, uh, there's a few other tweets I could have referenced. Uh, Felix Adams has, uh, has a tweet as well indicating uh, in percentages what the performance gain is uh, for block editor themes. Uh, also including uh, non-block editor themes, but Again, we're seeing an improvement there. So there's, there's, a, a, there's a very big effort into making uh, the next version of WordPress just faster on, on many, many levels. And uh, uh, there, you know, there's, there's parts of WordPress where um, if you look back, they would continue to grow in size and thus became slower. That has happened for, oh, I'm going to say probably uh, more than a decade. And it's nice to see that we're on a different path. It's, it, it warms my heart. It's good yeah. to see, but is it good? Well, to, yeah. You know, it's not just the performance side of things. It's also the sustainability side of things, uh, less resources, less stuff that has to be pushed over the internet. Um, it's nice to see that we're taking our responsibility here. Nice. I, um, I have in my head that, that, uh, a vanilla version of in, uh, version of WordPress with a block based theme. I think Felix said something like 19% quicker or yep. something like that, yep. 19, 17, 19, something like that, which is quite a chunk, isn't it? You know, it's fully yep. a fifth knocked out. It's pretty yep. remarkable. So yeah, bravo to the team there that have done that. So, okay. And Rob, I guess we haven't heard from you yet. Let's see how, uh, how your microphone's doing. I did a switch. So let's see how that goes. I yeah, think we're good. Need- yeah. I just on the fly tech switch, but that's not the point. <laughs> so I think I don't like the renaming of the reusable blocks either. Like for me, that's a systemic problem. Like we need to stop doing this. Like let's decide on one thing and get used to it and just live with it. The other thing worth mentioning is um, the reason there was no beta one was apparently there was some issue with the beta one release. And they only released it internally and they decided to keep the, uh, beta two to keep the numbers and things. So it didn't screw up the release team. So that's what I gather out of beta one. Oh, so okay. Right. That's why there was no beta official beta one, but I like the way it's moving generally. I mean, we, the last couple of releases have been pretty good and I would expect this one to be more the same. So that's kind of my tip. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so you've got this new mic, uh, Rob. It's now causing this like weirdy background hum when you talk. Off. Uh, I don't know if anybody else is picking on, up on that. Give us a nod. Yeah, yeah so the other guys are getting the same thing. So something strange is afoot. Um, I don't know what the answer is to that, but it was very quiet previously, and now we've got this sort of noisy kind of noise going on in the back. So the, the gremlins are definitely with us today. Uh, let's just do a few quick comments. <laughs> Ross has got all the weathers in the UK. 
as okay, Roman, it's time to bring out the uh, the twenty nine degrees centigrade boom, isn't it? It's about twelve here in the UK, so uh, yeah, Roman, I'm not jealous at all. Uh, Cameron, apparently nobody thinks you're real. Uh, wait, Cameron is a real person, says Courtney, not just a YouTube comment bot. Who knew? I knew because I sat next to him in WordCamp Europe, although he did look a bit glitchy from time to time, I've got to say, and I tried to put my hand through him, but it it didn't work. Oh, and apparently Connecticut is in, uh, sorry, um, Connecticut is South New England. Okay, sorry about that, didn't know. Uh, and then there's a comment from Alex, which I'm going to pause as I read it. Not sure why, but Nathan is right. Anything triggered by KMD plus K is called command palette. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so that was actually Tim who made that observation last week, especially B2B command center would definitely be more globally friendly. Okay, thanks for that, Alex. We did have another piece to just corroborate a little bit what we were talking about, and that was uh, here on WP Tavern. There's the whole piece on the 26th of June entitled Reusable Blocks Renamed to Patterns with Synced and Non-Synced Options. Essentially now, all your reusable blocks are going to become just patterns, but there'll be patterns that are syncable or not syncable um, and I'm not sure exactly what the the words that we're going to settle on, but you know, if you've got yourself something which you now think is a reusable block, it'll basically be called a pattern, and some some of them will be syncable, and some of them won't be syncable. This article goes into the technicalities of that and how some bits maybe um, can be overwritten in certain ways and not in certain other ways. But go and check that one out; that's worth reading as well. And then here we go. This is a bit more information about the command palette and why it's been named that. The the <laughs> The name which was up for grabs last week was called Wayfinder, which... That's way worse. Yeah, you kind of feel that that's a bit like, you know, you're just going down your own path, aren't you? So command, come on, you, you, so Wayfinder was worse than command palette. You're happier with that, are you, Remkus? Mm, well, at least the word command is in there, so that, that's, that's a win. What Wayfinder. about Wayfinder palette? How about that? No. <laughs> no. No, no. Anyway, it's like a spaceship coming. or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Wayfinder palette. Yeah. It's a really colorful spaceship. Um, it's coming, and to be honest with you, I think it's going to be one of the coolest innovations I've seen in WordPress in quite a long time. I am forever using keyboard shortcuts and forever going from one menu to another menu needlessly trying to find a particular spot. Rob has now disappeared. Uh, hopefully, he'll come back. This is this is just hysterical this oh there someone's he is. playing whack-a-mole <laughs> it's uh it's great this everybody's caught in a minute i'm just gonna go for five and then come back and we'll yeah. see how that goes anyway there's a, there you go another piece 6.3 command palette go and check that out on the wp tavern website uh okay this is a bit of not really news that you need to respond to necessarily um panelists but here it is WP feature notifications there is now a request for features on admin notices uh, so quite some time ago, well, in fact, for a very long time, people have been complaining about the the variety of ways that people have been putting notifications, ads, uh, all sorts of different UIs for how they want you to be told about various things with their plugins or themes or what have you. And the idea is to come up with a like a, a command center, if you like, for notifications. And they really want a bit of feedback on this. The article says, in order to ensure that our solution uh, solves the right problems and to steer the future direction of the WP feature notifications team looking for feedback. And I will link to this in the show notes and you can then go and give your feedback, hopefully improve the project that way. 
Maybe one of you three has something to say about that. If you do, say it now. If not, I'll just move on. Awkward. Okay, I will move on in that case, but I took the opportunity to take a nice slug of water. All right, we'll go and go and check that out. Uh, this will be something close to Remkus's heart, I would have thought. Uh, it's WordCamp EU, nothing to do with the one that we've just had. Uh, this is the call for organizers for 2024. It's taking place, uh, is it Toledo? No, begins with a T. Torino. Torino. Torino, thank you. I wanted to say Toledo, which is so very similar. Um, it's taking place in Torino next year, and the teams are looking, obviously, as they do every year, for a, for some new blood or possibly some uh, old blood that wants to go for it again. Uh, the organizers work in different teams, and here are the names of those teams if you fancy doing something. You don't need to be a coder. You don't need to necessarily be into any of that sort of stuff. You don't even, I guess, really need to be a user of WordPress. You can just go and contribute your time in whichever way you like. But attendee services, budget, contributing, communications, community events, content design, local photography, public relations, sales and sponsors, and volunteers. And basically, you can apply by clicking this button. I will link in the show notes. Remkes, how much work is it? You should know. You were the one of the founders of WordCamp Europe. Yeah. So, um, as with mo that most answers, it depends. It depends on what you do. But um, certainly, leading up to the event is uh, it, it's going to be quite significant. Um, and it, it also depends on what team, um, how much you're you're adding to your workload. Um, it's relatively flexible, but it's not something that is. Uh, you know, uh, like like a low maintenance thing you do on the side. It it that's not what it is. So, um, I think in the beginning you'll 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 spend a couple of hours a week, and certainly in the last couple of months you'll spend um, probably more than a day um, per week in various things. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be written. Um, um, yeah, so not to deter, but, but but yeah, it's it, it is work. It's a full-on commitment, isn't it? The um, yeah, yeah. Just the idea that because it's a live event and it's got a deadline, which is utterly immutable, and so the tasks have to happen. Um, yeah. I know that Cameron. I, I'm guessing Cameron. Maybe I'm wrong. Was that your first WordCamp Europe this year? Had you been to one of those before? What Indeed, was your um, was my my first WordCamp Europe? Um, yeah, I've been to half a dozen or so in Australia, but that's my first one outside of Australia. I've been to. Uh, and it's quite wild, just the scale of it. Like, I was an organizer for WordCamp Brisbane 2017. We had five or six organizers. There are more organizer teams for WordCamp Europe than we had organizers yeah. in total. So it, it's just, you know, we, we probably had 15 or 20 volunteers who helped out here and there. Um, but yeah, there there was like about 100 organizers for WordCamp Europe this year, I would guess. Um, yeah, just the, the scale of it is just ridiculous, especially yeah. when, um, you're not used to it. I think the, the most we've had at a word camp in Australia is like 400 people. So, oh really? Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I think word camp Europe and word camp, what is now word camp us are just a little bit different, Massive. aren't they? Yeah. But word camp Europe, I, I believe is the biggest one. And, uh, yeah, I have a, I have a good friend who is a volunteer and they, they were very, 
uh, they really enjoyed their experience, but they were they were under no illusions that if you are volunteering for this, there is a sizable amount of of work to be done, especially in the final few weeks where the proverbial hits the fan, and uh, suddenly all the jobs which you th- ah, I'll put those off until uh, till next week or what have you. No, not anymore. So, uh, Rob, any plans for attending word camps this year? Um, this year, no. Just because the big word camps don't align with my vacation schedule lately. So, but Italy next year is a good possibility because my partner is Italian. So that mm. could be happening down the road and combine some business and pleasure and all of that. So nice. Um, yeah, I confess I have never been to that part of Italy. And, uh, so I thoroughly, thoroughly am looking forward to that one. Remkus for the last couple of years has actually driven, which is pretty impressive. How uh, how long Remkus did it take to drive from your house to Athens? Um, so it's about twenty six hours, and I, I I did that in two and a half days. Oh, but quality time with your son, right? You, yep. if, if that's okay to mention, you drove yeah, yeah. there. Your son came with you. Yeah, uh, he he was doing. I saw him with cameras. I think he was on the photography time. team. Uh, he was yeah. doing the photography team stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and you're still on speaking terms. <laughs> we 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 are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 20, 20, the, the, 29 hours in a car with my father. I, I don't know how that would go down, but oh, bravo, well done. Uh, so there's been discussions, obviously. Yeah, uh, especially uh, in, at the moment he uh, started driving. Um, uh, I, I have opinions, so it's <laughs> very. And I he drove. It. He drove a proportion, did he as well? He did. He, he did for about three hours, and um, uh, let's just say there, the moment I started uh, more, glancing more at my phone versus how he was driving, uh, he started improving in his driving. So we're <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah, typical dad. Left a bit. No, no, you're too close to the curb. <laughs> yep. 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 I can well imagine. No, but it's, it, 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 it's a wonderful thing to be able to do that with your son. Um, he, uh, he, he, he works with WordPress, but very low key. He's mostly focused on uh, finishing his college, college degree, which is in the realm of uh, culture and music. Um, and photography and filmography is, uh, um, of cinematography, I should say, is, um, is part of that. So for him, it was a perfect thing to practice in, on real life people in a real life event. So, um, yeah, oh, nice. Was, that really does collide perfectly, doesn't it? That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Oh, lovely. Well, we're going to be talking about children a little bit later in a very different context, but we'll come to that a little bit later. Anyway, the, the bottom line is if you have attended a WordCamp before, or indeed you're just curious, this is the big one um, that you could volunteer for. But as, as the panelists have uh, described, don't be under any illusions, especially as you get a little bit closer. There will be some work invo- involved, but it does make that pretty clear. You know, there is an actual time commitment, but boy, is it a fun event and there's lots and lots and of you people. get a lot back from it as well. Yeah, right. That. You make some new friends, you get a sense of that, you know, camaraderie that's going on. So yeah, go to that page. It'll be linked in the show notes, which will come out tomorrow. If you subscribe to our newsletter thing, then you'll just automatically get that. Okie doke. The next one is just, I want to mention the fact that whilst I was at WordCamp Europe, I did, I carried out a bunch of podcast interviews and the most recent one that I've released, this is so worth listening to, excuse me, that sounds like I'm blowing my own trumpet. You can basically fast forward my bits and just listen to James. 
James Dominey works for WP Engine, and whilst AI is not strictly what he does, he is a he's a full-on computer scientist, and he's got a degree, a master's degree in something called bioinformatics, which is just a great collision of um, exactly what AI is kind of trying to get to, if you think about it. And he talks about just AI. We spend about half the conversation just nattering about AI in general, whether, you know, what it can do, how it can do it. And that's the piece that I learned in this. He was actually able to explain to me how an LLM works. And it was fascinating because I hadn't really worked out how it was able to get to the end of the sentence, just embarking on word number one. How does it know that the, but at the beginning that the sentence is going to make sense? And so he explains that, this kind of like shuttle process that it goes through where it's constantly rereading what it's written just to check back. And then we go on to applications in the WordPress space and you know whether or not it's basically going to kill us all uh, and whether we've got any hope of having jobs in the future. Sorry, I had to put that in, you know, just because. Uh, <laughs> let's do the AI conversation quickly because no, I haven't had you three uh, on, the, on the line at one particular time. Uh, in the WordPress space in particular, if we can keep the conversation to that. What, how are you feeling one year into ChatGPT? Are you still pretty bullish about this? Are you starting to use it? And then we might throw in this BBC article, which is nothing to do with WordPress, but all to do with how AI is being used. So anybody that wants to kick in with the AI conversation, go for it. Very bullish. Go on. Convince me. So if you have subscribed to my newsletter, there is a... There, there are referenced a link in there in the last edition. Uh, you can find them on my published on my website, by the way. Uh, there's a link to a Twitter thread um, where the the person goes into great depth into you can see AI as a threat, but there's actually more reason to assume it's not a threat and indeed helping us. Uh, without the doom and gloom, if you take that away and you then you look at what AI is doing and what it has been able to do in the last six months, uh, yes, it comes with a lot of caveats and, and a lot of things to be careful about and all of that, but ultimately, uh, it's here to assist. Um, and I'd, I'd like to stress that the, the I part, the intelligence, it's not really intelligence, it's just predictive language. Um, if, if, if you have that... Uh, uh, perspective from not just, oh, it's going to come here and kill us, and this is uh, Cyberdyne waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. um, there, there is actually, uh, we, we just got started. It's just a small thing, huge, but a small blip that it has been up until this point. It's going to get really, really interesting in the next uh, 18 months. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I think, I think I am getting more convinced that the current implementation of what we've got is not really, A, it's, it's nothing to be scared of, and B, it's really badly named. Uh, it really ought to be called something more along the lines of artificial prediction or finishing yeah. engine or something like that. You know, you give it something and it, it basically hasn't the faintest idea. It's like a baby. Uh, it's just guessing what the next word should be and hoping that occasionally it stumbles across something and is, you know, it's not doing any fact checking. It doesn't know anything about anything. And so that bit of it, I am becoming much more sanguine about. But, um, but the fact that it's been called intelligence all this time has kind of led me to have these yeah. apocalyptic dreams. But equally... It's harder, it's harder to look at the, uh, the the thing that's behind it, and that's an LLM. Yeah. They'll look yeah. up what LLM means, and then it makes a lot more sense to what it actually yeah. does. Yeah, this podcast is really good for that, because James does a, a really interesting explanation. And like I said, 
I asked him the question, well, how does it know? How does it get to the end of the sentence? If it's just, so let's say that it begins on the word the, how does it know that the next word should be this and the next word should be that? In other words, how does it get to the end of a sentence at a full stop and go, well, that one's done. Let's move on. And it's interesting. He describes this process and he calls it a Markov model, I believe was the words, where it's constantly just going backwards and forwards as it's writing things, examining what it wrote previously and what it might do next, and then going back and checking. What we see is it just adding the next word all the time, next word, next word, next word, but it's not. It's going backwards and forwards the entire time. So it's really interesting. Go and check it out. Rob, Cameron, anything on AI and, you know? Oh, I, I have watched that. There. I, I think we need to get off this moving forward. Um, we all work in WordPress. A lot of people are not coding in HTML. They're moving forward with page builders or blocks these days. I mean, that's the way we do sites. So there's an example. Look at the world and look what tools have done for us. And we have to recognize AI is a tool. Um, I'm already full blown with AI for generating content for clients and things like that. So I'm like, I'm like Remkes. I'm all in and I'm there. So, okay. And Cameron. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't really done much with it. Um, yeah, I, I think some of us can get a bit um, mis misguided by growing up with films like Terminator, where, you know, that's our impression of what AI is, where, you know, um, and like, I know they're different terms, but like, you've got artificial intelligence and you've got machine learning. And like, a lot of what's being called artificial intelligence is really just machine learning, like, ChatGPT is a language construct model. It interprets words that you send in and spits out more words. Like ChatGPT is never going to take over the world. It might be able to tell you how to take over the world if you ask it, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's never going to be able to do that because that's not it, it won't actually built to do. <laughs> no, I know there are some safeguards in it, but like you yeah. know, just just for example, like in in a lot of these things that are being called AI, it's you know. It's more just machine learning than actual intelligence. Um, yeah, I, I'm not yeah. sure what its place is in in WordPress. Um, I'm, you know, I haven't really done much with it. Um, like, there's things like you know, Gmail will try and predict you know the rest of your sentence and stuff like that, which I can right. see in WordPress. Um, but then there's also like the performance implications of you know adding AI to WordPress, like you know. Chat GPT is not cheap to run. Like I've seen some of the figures and it's costing them millions of dollars a day in, you know, processing power just to run it. So if we're wanting to put that into people's websites and, and a lot of people aren't going to need or want AI, like, you know, you know, what's the, what's the trade-offs going to be like, you know, is, is this feasible? Are we going to need to, um, you know, have a hosted solution that, you know, WordPress sites connect to via an API? Um, yeah, there's a, a whole range of different things that we'd need to think about before we start thinking about putting AI into people's WordPress websites, like yeah. in core, you know, plugins go for your life, but, um, you know, we, we have 43% of the web or, or whatever, you know, there's a lot, a lot of factors that we need to consider before we start jumping in and saying, let's put AI in everyone's website, you know. Do you know, it was interesting. I asked, a, I asked. this is going back a couple of months ago. I asked that question. I said, should we have anything of AI in core? And I got a 
not exactly a deluge, but I must have got about 20 replies and every single one of them was like, no, leave. We don't want any of that stuff in core. That has to be the... So I think you're right, Cameron. Agreed. It, it feels like the domain of plugins. If you want any AI, go elsewhere. Obviously, Jetpack are doing it. One of the things that I thought would be quite interesting in terms of AI, let's say that you had written a post um, but you, or you, or you had a website, let's say you've got a website and clearly if, if some AI were to scrape that website or the text that you gave a particular page, it was able to determine that you are a plumber, uh, you live in this geographic location and so on and so forth, that it would be able to throw patterns back at you and say, these would be highly suitable for what we think your content is about. Look, here's some plumbing imagery. Here's the way so that, we've got it aligned and so on. That's what so, Joe um, Joe Hoyle uh, from uh, Human Made um, demonstrated in his uh, yeah. demo. That's yeah. essentially that. And it's brilliant, isn't it? Because you could have like two or 300 of those patterns quickly put together. You can just sort of scroll through them, but they're highly customized to what you're doing based upon what the AI uh, has learned from the minimal that you gave it. Uh, just as a, an experiment, last week... I, I've never done this before, and I didn't use it, but I'll tell you what I did because it, it really did blow my mind. I took a transcript of James's podcast, this James Dominey podcast. It was about 12,000. No, it wasn't. It was about 9,000 words, and I gave it to ChatGPT, just, ex just the raw text. But before that, I said, summarize this text in 500 words for a podcast in serious language. And it consumed that 10,000-ish words in a heartbeat, and it immediately started to write, and it nailed it. It completely got the points. Like, the main points it brought out perfectly. It wasn't my voice, but I, I did think, wow, that is just staggering. I expected it to have to go through some kind of thinking process for like a, just a matter of seconds even. But it just started instantly and somehow got the exact points perfectly aligned. So, yeah, I can't, I don't suppose forever I can be quite so, um, you know, pessimistic about it or scared. Is the you'll, right. you'll have to come to the, to the, the bright light, into the bright light one, at one moment in time. It's going to happen. I think I'm already in the bright light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I need sunglasses. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's really, there's nothing I can do about it. It's just the position of that window. I really need to move house or something. Um, thank you, Ross, Ross, uh, Wintle, who has posted, by the way, Ross has, uh, really, we'll talk, we were talking about the command palette earlier. Ross has got a great tool, uh, turbo admin, which you can download. We talk about it quite a bit. Um, it's a great extension or a plugin, depending on which way you want to take it. But he's saying here that really AI ought to be renamed as applied statistics so yes that seems to make sense and he also said he yeah he also said he enjoyed the uh the podcast interview so thank you that's great um amber hines hello amber uh says it's probably the only way to cover the cost i wonder what she's meaning by that maybe that comment came in a little little late i'm sorry any of you guys do you know what she might have been meaning there cover the cost no okay so anyway yeah, something to do there. Sorry, Amber. Um, it strikes me that a lot of the platforms are about 12, 15, 30 seconds behind in the audio. And so sometimes the, it can be a little bit disjointed. What we're saying, we've moved on a little bit. So apologies for that. Anyway, that was that. Uh, AI worth checking out. Go and have a listen. And um, next stop is this.
Okay, so this is fascinating. I was lucky enough to meet uh, Jamie, who's not actually called Jamie Pootlepress, although he's not. Be, he is. No, uh, well, yes, he is. now, yeah, <laughs> he's got. Uh, that'd be such a cool surname, wouldn't it? On your passport, what's your name? Pootlepress. No, really, watching it. No, it My is press honestly, Poodle. It's Pootlepress. Uh, Jamie Marsland is his name. It was lovely to meet him on a couple of. That's occasions. his middle name. Yeah, the Jamie Marsland Poodle Press. Yeah, That's his That's uh, <laughs> We're going to get in such trouble here. Um, he was the was one of the people that got Sarah Gooding writing on the tavern this week all about the the pattern directory. Uh, I don't know if you've been following the pattern directory, but uh, they've applied a bunch of filters to the pattern directory. And really, this is an observation about could could you have done something a little bit differently to surface things a little bit better. The curated patterns, as they're called now, are ones which are made by um, .org, if you like. They're the ones which are official, and so they're called curated. The other ones are called, I can't remember, is it contributed or con community contributed? Something along those lines. And if you go into the pattern directory now, and we'll, we'll show Jamie's thoughts on this, uh, it automatically defaults to the the curated ones, in other words, the core ones, if you like. And this is this is what you see. And apologies if you're listening to this uh, on audio. Basically, there's a grid of nine um, nine patterns which you can choose from, all of which are really boring to look at. Now they might be really useful. They might be really utilitarian. But if you're going to raise a grid of things, it's obviously got to be visual. You're trying to give away some information about it. And I think Jamie's point really is, well, hang on a minute. Can, could we not have chosen a better, either a better selection of ones to, to pick or yes. possibly not gone for curated? Sorry, Rem, because yes. you were going to say. No, because I'm, 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 you asking question, I'm answering. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Apologies. So, yeah. So, essentially, uh, he's saying that. Rich came in back and said the top ones are the best. There's still a lot to do, though. And so, yeah, it's just a, a really cart before the horse thing. Should you be filtering them at this point? If the ones that you're going to apply as the default filter just doesn't look all that exciting, really. Obviously, we're trying to get people into patterns and make them excited by it. And what we're showing on the screen now is largely white space with a few gray boxes, a little bit of black text or a little bit of black boxing. So like, really, it's a kind of the screen now. Possibly a large foot in mouth a moment so yeah i'll hand it over to you guys if you've got anything about this um, only to add that i think jamie's spot on um mr poodle press is uh is, is calling out a behavior inside of wordpress that just doesn't uh deliver what it can or possibly should i um i helped my cousin uh with his new website uh, over the weekend um and i actually played with this and it's just there's nothing there there's nothing there that helps him, like nothing. What's the level of experience of your cousin? He's, he's smart enough to understand uh, uh, ins and outs of, uh, he, he knows inspect elements, so he understands that there's code doing certain things. He, he knows how to play around with it, but obviously not a developer. But, uh, you know, he, he's like literally asking me, what does this do? These introduce patterns that you don't have on your site or in your theme, so um, these are some others available. And he clicks on it and there's nothing. Like, yeah. That's that is the problem. You're just basically introducing a big blank space. Uh, uh, there's so, stuff there, but yeah, there's there, there, it's there's nothing usable, it, and, right. and and there's also no way to filter, no no way to search, no way to turn that initial disappointment into a better experience. It's just yeah, AI. It's the answer. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> AI created patterns. What we need in that screen there that I was showing a moment ago is animated GIFs. That's my solution. We need yeah, animated no. GIFs. And the more unicorns you can shove in that animated GIF, the better. <laughs> Unicorns are not a, a, a solution for every problem, I think. <laughs> oh, no. I know you'd like it to be, but... Uh... Uh, clearly not. Anyway, so, uh, like I say, a little bit of a foot-in-mouth moment. Anything there, Cameron or Rob, or shall we move on? Um, you not really. I, I, I've i never really used patterns. Um, Shock admission from Cameron, live on the, <laughs> on the podcast. I've, they've been around for so long, and I've had no real reason to use them. Um, Just tell me that. Come on, come on. Let's tease this out of you a little bit because I'm curious about what. Not, not even one. You've not thought that would be useful. Oh, that's fascinating. Are you relying on basically headers and footers from themes just to do, you know, and you just do the content yourself? I have not really built many websites in the last couple of years since they've been out. Um, and like, if if I need to do something custom, I will make my own blog after. Right. So, yeah. yeah, but just on the whole curated thing, I, yeah, like when, when you have individuals curating things, you know, you have individual bias, you have company bias and, and whatnot, like the, the featured plugins, when you, you know, hit plugins, add new, it's all automatic plugins, you know? Um, and so, you know, when, when you have individual people doing curation, you know, there's, there's room for interpretation and, and whatnot. And, seems to be the consensus is that what's being curated isn't overly useful. Like, why don't we just have the most popular, you know, if, if it's being used a lot, then people are probably going to find it more useful than what someone's opinion of something being useful is. I think we should have an icon of Jamie Pootle Press doing that, like cheery smile like that. And that should be a filter. And then the ones that he's picked would be... Would be there, or maybe that could even be the default. He I should am be the in curator. Such trouble now. <laughs> it gets such a, such a pasting. <laughs> Rob's Rob was shaking his head. What are you doing, Nathan? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. <laughs> that, is, that is fascinating, though, Cameron. The fact that you've not used them. I I started using them right out of the gate, and I found them immediately massively usable. And uh, so I've been using them all the time. And actually, a few of the plugins that I've used, I use this one called Newsletter Glue, which is a collection of like five or six blocks to do newsletters. And it's just sublimely cool. It's really, really cool. But um, yeah, anyway. Uh, Rob, anything on that? Nope, sorry, no, Cameron, no. you gone. It, it's not that I can't see the use for them. It's just like I, like I haven't built a lot of websites, done a lot with layouts and stuff in the last few years. And plus, you know, if, if I'm, you know, building a layout, I generally know what I want. It's like, okay, I'm going to have this block here and then I'm going to have that block inside of it that's doing this. It's like, you know, uh, when I'm in the editor, I'm less trying to design and like on the fly and I've more got an idea already of what I want to put on the page. So, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for inspiration from the patterns. Right. Got it. Well, I'll tell you what, if you were, if you were looking, if looking for inspiration, this little def default set of curated patterns is not necessarily going to do that for you. Anyway, thank you, Jamie, for prompting that article, and thank you, Sarah, for writing it. Let's go back and crack on with the next piece. Okie doke. Uh, I don't know what you make of this, really. This isn't me 
mentioning this. This is just, I want your thoughts on this, really. This is uh, WooCommerce, uh, and they've got a new product called Woo Express. So um, it's not brand new now. I think we've been looking at this for a couple of weeks, but this article came out this week, so I thought I'd highlight it. So Woo Express is, as they call it, a new way to start a Woo, uh, start a store with WooCommerce. Obviously, in the past, if you wanted to use WooCommerce, you've been able to download that plugin for free. Um, typically, you'd need some kind of hosting package. You might want to buy extensions for it, but you can get up to the you can get to the races fairly quickly if you're if you're reasonably technical. Or, of course, you could probably find a hosting company that will take this burden on for you and spin up a, uh, a version of WordPress with Woo installed. However, WooCommerce have jumped into the space now, um, and Woo, Ex Woo Express basically is a, is a pre-made WordPress instance with uh, WooCommerce already good to go. You can basically think about it as a SaaS, really. I, I honestly can't really see much of a difference, except that the product that they're Shipping inside of that SaaS is obviously WooCommerce, which is open source. So it's this curious um, halfway house between, yeah, it's open source, but it's on this, you know, this press a button, pay some money, spin up a, a service. And uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what to make of this. It kind of, on the one hand, it, I find it curious that WooCommerce haven't done this years ago. But on the other hand, I'm kind of wondering where it fits into the market and whether existing hosting companies are going to be a little bit worried about it, eating their lunch and all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, this article explains what it is, how it works and so on. Um, but, yeah, what, what are your thoughts? WooCommerce on a one-click install? I guess GoDaddy and places have had this for a while, but yep. now that Woo have jumped into the space officially, it seems, is there a conflict of interest there? Is this a bit weird? Go for it, Rob. So let me jump in there. Um, GoDaddy already has managed uh, WooCommerce hosting that sits on the Pagely infrastructure. I know, I hate to mention, Bluehost is already there with a managed WooCommerce platform and so on. I think WooCommerce needs to stay out of the space and let the hosting companies take it and kind of stay out of it. I also think they're late to the party because... If they were going to do this, they should have done it months ago, not waiting till now. So I think they're really wait late. I think what makes the WordPress hosts um, entry into managed Woo different is they offer not just managed WooCommerce hosting, but they also offer a suite of plugins to go with that. So one of the problems with Woo is if you want to do A, B, and C, you have to pay for extensions or plugins to do A, B, and C. And if you go to a managed host that has WooCommerce hosting, they give you usually a suite of plugins to help do what you need to do. So I think that's the big difference there. The, uh, the pricing is, you know, it's in line, I guess, with what you'd be expecting to pay if you had your own host and what have you. It's $39 for what they're calling the essential plan, 50 gig of storage for product images and so on. And then if you pay $70, they're not quite... Uh, $70 a month uh, if you do it and, uh, monthly, something called the Essential Plan, which quadruples that limit. And then there's a link which shows you exactly what you're getting in there um, and so on. But okay, that's interesting. Your your opinion, Rob, that they ought to be staying out of it, that, that was kind of the impression that I was hearing on Twitter and places. It felt like it was strange for them to be 
in this space after such a long time having it as just a plugin. But um, I don't know, Remkus, Cameron, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised at all. You know, it's uh, to me, it's it's no different to you know there being WordPress.com. You know, that that serves the market. It's slightly different to what you know the the open source software itself. You know, um, serves. You've got places like Shopify that are growing at the moment, and mm. you know, it's it's no different to that in terms of the market, really. But to echo what Rob said, I, I've never set up a WooCommerce site and only had to use WooCommerce. Right. Like, it's it would be very few stores that would be getting set up that can, you know, just use WooCommerce out of the box, I feel. So, and yeah, um, a lot of these hosting companies with their managed platforms, you know, they include plugins that they own, like, like Stellar WP owns like a million plugins now, you know, they've got, um, you know, a WooCommerce platform, then, you know, they would get access to those plugins that they, you know, the company owns. Um, I'm just saying them, for example, I'm not sure who does or doesn't offer managed WooCommerce hosting. Um, but yeah, so I'm not, not sure how feasible it would be to use if, you know, you don't have all these um, add-ons that, you know, most sites are really going to need to actually have um, a fully-fledged store um, when, you know, Shopify is going to do most of that already and, the, you know, the managed WooCommerce hosts are going to have most of those plugins already. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm I do think like... they're very late to the party too, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not surprised by it at all and I think it's fair game, just not, not sure how it's going to work out for them when there are better offerings already. I've just been, whilst you've been talking, Cameron, um, Rob, I've been just trying to scrape around on their site, trying to figure out which extensions come bundled in. And I, I can't seem to find anything straight off the bat on the page. I'm, I'm looking at the pricing page and maybe I'm in the wrong location, but they're, they're touting not that. They're touting the, all of the other bits and pieces like customer support, the number of staff accounts, the fact that they've got some premium themes and all of that kind of stuff. All the interesting stuff for really pushing the boundary seems to be in the, the more expensive package because it's automated delivery, uh, discounted shipping rates, um, back in stock notifications, all of the bells and whistle stuff, which seems to be the, the domain of plugins. But they don't seem to mention extensions specifically. Maybe that's because it's, I don't know, it's kind of a bit confusing. Market, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if, if you're not looking for... WordPress plugins and Word, yeah. Word, um, WooCommerce add-ons, you know, you're not going to be looking for those specific things. So, you know, that's not the market they're targeting. They're not targeting people who know WooCommerce and WordPress. They're yeah, targeting the people that Shopify are targeting. It'll just be features that you can add when you're actually on the inside into the UI. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Remkus, anything to add? You've muted. You've either muted or you have no mic. Still muted. Did I mute you? No, I didn't mute you. Oh, wow. Anybody hear? Can anybody hear Remkus? No, I can't hear Remkus either. This is what this episode's going to be called. Remkus was silent. I no have burps. A... <laughs> oh, I had to do it. <laughs> I know you've gone completely I... silent, Remkus. Uh, if in doubt, refresh the browser and we'll see you just in a minute. And we'll, um, we'll come back to you. But there's a little settings cogwheel. See if anything's gone balked in there. Uh... 
but we'll we'll hold that topic. But I'll move on to the next one. And if you've got something that you want to add, Remkus, we'll we'll bring you back in on that one in a moment. Okay, this is an interesting piece. Let me pop it on the screen. I really don't know what to make about this because this is such a such a kind of interesting piece of news, which kind of came a little bit left field to me. So there's two pieces which are in entirely linked. One is on the Sneeko website, S-N-I-C-C-O, um, which I confess I had not heard of before. And then repurposing that content was iThemes, which I've definitely heard of before. So the the short version can be found by Dan Knaus on um, the iThemes website. It's called Why WordPress Malware Scanners Are Worthless. It's quite a... Um, it's quite a title, that, isn't it? Given that for the longest period of time, you know, there's been loads of uh, malware products in the WordPress space. But the um, the one on Sneaker, which started all of this, uh, let me just get Remkus back in. There we go. Hopefully his camera will come back on any moment. Um, it was the Sneaker website, Malware Madness, why everything you know about your WordPress malware scanner is wrong. So just to put this into some kind of context, Sneeko, this website, in collaboration with We Watch Your Website, in collaboration with Gridpane, and also in collaboration with Patchstack, who they got to sort of double check their analysis, they're essentially saying that it is more and more not really worth having any malware scanning on your website. And Basically, it can be boiled down to the following things. If you're installing some kind of malware solution, let's say as a plugin, uh, then it's using PHP. It's, it is, if you like, inside the same thing that it's scanning for. So what they're basically saying is if you're a clever malware creator, you'll invent some malware which determines, okay, there's a scanner here. We're going to doctor the results or just disable entirely whatever the scanner does. So therefore making that uh, null and pointless. But then they go on to talk about other options like a SaaS option. So uh, think about SaaS platforms where essentially you, you link your WordPress website to their infrastructure and the scanning maybe happens over there. But basically they're saying, well, the same thing applies because all that the malware scanners need to do Sorry, all that the malware creators need to do is to intercept the payloads that are getting sent off to the SaaS platform, interfere with those to just basically prove no, nothing to see here. The long and the short of it is they believe that it's pointless scanning for malware. Now, iThemes, I guess caveat emptor here, iThemes obviously have a security solution which doesn't have that kind of malware scanner as it's, as anywhere near its core feature. So very much plays into their hands all of this. But nevertheless, they're making the point that, well, we told you so, if you like. Really, the enterprise on a WordPress website is to harden it. Harden the website. Do what you can to mitigate the things that you can. But malware scanning in the way that it's been designed for WordPress at the moment is, well, they use the words worthless. So I'm going to hand this over to Rob because of his credentials in security. What do you make of all this, Rob? I tend to agree with this theory. And part of the problem becomes is if you have an infected website and you're scanning within an infected website, you're scanning internally to where the problem already is. So I think that's the biggest problem. And I don't think um, 
we need to be standing internally on a website, I don't think it has any value. I, I really believe that. I think if you want to harden your website, there's other things you can do, like locking it down, working with a proper host, and, and so on, without getting into a whole two-hour discussion to harden that website than running an internal scanner. I don't think it buys you anything. I think it's a false sense of security for a site owner, and it, it just looks good, really, when it comes down to it. Um, so that's my take on it. I, I don't believe in them at all. Okay, that's interesting. Obviously, it's kind of, um, there's quite a few products in the WordPress space which offer this. That's the sort of core offering. So I imagine this may very well be the first salvo in a to and fro mm-hmm. conversation that we're going to get over the weeks to come. Um, okay, yeah, interesting. Remkus, any take on this? I know you've got a history working with hosting companies and all of that. So yeah. yeah can, you, can you hear me? I can. Yes. Yeah, well, that's oh, weird. I don't know what happened there, but it's the week of glitches. It, it, uh, there's a lot of that is uh, glitching today. Yes. Um, so I, I, I think the um, I think the article is in 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 essence is correct. Um, technically, there is ways of uh, if malware does know how to find its way on your server, uh, <laughs> and it and you know it can then do whatever it wants it to do, and therefore hide itself perfectly. Um, I, I think the, the 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 discussion that I am looking at is probably from a different point of view, saying that you should not want to have security type stuff inside WordPress, period. I think everything should need to be caught in front of it uh, or and and or, and, and it's not really an and, it's an or. Uh, it's an and, I mean, not an or. Um, <laughs> an easy mute, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever you uh, end up not being able to catch in front, like from a web application firewall, for instance, then whatever else needs to happen on server level needs to happen on server level, but not inside WordPress. Um, and I, whatever that discussion is, or whatever the goal of that discussion is, and the and the to and fro that's happening, you know, it's it. If you have a product that serves this space inside WordPress, you have a position to defend. Um, but that's not mm-hmm. to say that you have the right position. The position is. Uh, from a from an architectural standpoint of view, you solve stuff before it hits your server if you can, and you can. Uh, Cloudflare web application is a perfect example. Security, uh, and there's there's others as well. So that's where you start. Um, if you then hit the server, then the server itself is still in front of WordPress. So that's the second layer where you start solving other stuff. So, for instance, uh, um, uh, an app inside the on top of the server is called fail to ban. That's a perfect example of something that helps you ban something that you want to ban. Uh, so all your bad actors are stopped at least two levels before it actually hits WordPress. Then when you are looking at WordPress, the thing to take care of is to make sure you have your hardening of WordPress as well done as you humanly can do. So that's partly on the, 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 the hosting providers part, right? So they have to harden the server they have to harden the file system and make sure that whatever is uh, happening there is 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 um, you know locked down to the to the highest level. Then the rest is WordPress, and that is your authentication. So um, if you can find a way to add uh, two-factor authentication and and a strong password, then that's a way smarter thing to do. Um, all these security plugins that are there, they they sort of sell themselves, right? Because the moment you turn them on, they get you get all these email notifications inside. Oh boy! Uh, Do you? All, 
and, and they tell you how many attempts have been made trying to get into your site. That's not to say that anything, any of them was remotely successful. It's also not to say that really that nobody could pass through. There's ways if you're hacking and you're really adamant about finding a way, you'll find a way, right? So the, it, 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 it's just, um, this, this whole scene of, of WordPress insecurity, I think is, is, uh, is meddled by money. Um, hmm. if you're making money with security and WordPress, then there's a few ways that are the absolute correct ones. And there's a few ways where it really doesn't make a lot of sense. And, yeah, um, thank you. That's, that's a really interesting. Fight. Um, people can fight me over. That's fine. Uh, just be polite. <laughs> um, but you want to solve stuff before it hits WordPress. That is your main priority. If you do that right, you catch absolutely what you need to catch. Bad actors shouldn't even be on your network, period. It is interesting when you install one of these plugins, and I, I would imagine there's almost no property on the internet which isn't being hit by bots the yeah, minute absolutely. the domain is registered. And cool. uh, so you get these emails from, you know, saying, I don't know, you, you, you've had 3,000 blocked attempts. It's like, yeah, well, that's just, that's the internet. <laughs> you know, it's nothing, there's nothing particularly weird about that. But yeah, I think you're right. There is an incentive to put those emails out and to, to upsell things. But yeah, really good point about the, the responsibility of a host. Well, let's say host to catch things before they even get to your WordPress website. Oh, yeah, thank yep. you. And Cameron, anything to add there? Yeah, I, I agree with the, the premise of the article, more or less. Prevention is better than a cure. Like, I've cleaned up a number of hacked websites in my time, none of which that I've actually built, thankfully. Um, but, you know, it, when, when, like, when you're cleaning up a website, it's easiest to just delete everything and try and find a backup or files that you have locally and put them up from there. Like it is so hard to, you know, go through WordPress and try and remove all the different, um, you know, places where the, the hacking's gotten into. Um, so yeah, absolutely agree. Like I haven't seen any hacking that's sophisticated enough to, you know, try and meddle with scanners. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The, um, like if you're trying to fix things within WordPress and use WordPress itself to, you know, tell you where the hacking is and the hacking is within WordPress itself, there's always a risk that it's not going to, um, come up. Like, yeah, I've used, um, security plugins in the past that, you know, they've told me that there's a hack, but they haven't told me where all the files are. They've told me where some of them are. And then, um, it gets hacked again the next day. It's like, what happened? I thought I cleaned them all. I cleaned all the ones that the, the tool found, but I didn't find everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, I do think it's also a little bit of an exaggeration. Um, like I don't think security plugins are entirely worthless. Like just for example, like the agency I work for back in Australia, uh, we use WordFence on all our sites and what we, we only really get emails for two things. One, if it picks up that there's a vulnerability in a plugin. So obviously we will, you know, assess that immediately. Um, and, and obviously that's important. Like you don't want to get emails for every single vulnerability that ever gets reported. You only want the ones that are specific to the, the sites that you have. And, you know, if there's an increase in 
attacks. Um, it's like, and that's mainly just so that, you know, if there's downtime because they've crashed the server by dosing it, then we know why. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's, they're quite as useless as they're trying to say, but yes, absolutely. Prevention is better than a cure. And yeah, I, I've never seen a hack that's sophisticated enough to, you know, get around scanners, but it's certainly possible and you should avoid taking that risk if you can. And yeah, harden your WordPress website, you know, there's lots of different ways you can do that. Um, yeah, if you, if you don't let them get onto your site in the first place, then it's better than trying to have to clean it up later. Do you ever, do any of you ever like consume the news from things like the pwn to own festival that they put on each year that that is just that is so staggering what people can do so every year the, all of the major vendors of software including the os apple and microsoft and cisco and all of that they they chip in money and they have these bug bounties and hackers turn up to to try and i don't know escape the confines of chrome for example and you get a certain amount of money if you can get to the OS from Chrome, and it, it can add up really quickly. The the things that these guys can do, so they sit at a terminal, they sit at a computer which is brand new, so they can't bring in their pre-configured laptop, and they just begin. And man alive, it's just breathtaking. You know, they in order to get out of the Chrome sandbox, they have to exploit this particular bug, which then leverages something in another bug, and then they delve deep into a third bug and a fourth bug. And sometimes they're going like six and seven levels deep. But the, man, it's a career. Some they of these guys there. walk away with like quarter of a million, $400,000 yeah. from yeah, one I, event. I know an ethical hacker who is making like ridiculous amounts of money um, and, and when he explains what he does, I'm like, I'm so glad you're on the right side of things. That's right. Yeah. Because I'm, I, I, yeah, I, I just want to say that in terms of what uh, Carmen just said, um, uh, there is a time and place for a security plugin, but the, the whole problem with it, it, you're doing it in the wrong place in the stack. So if the argument of, uh, it's doing something is worthwhile for you to start adding it to your stack, then you need to be aware that there's stuff where you should really want to have it in a different place. But um, the amount of resource hogging that a, a security plugin does is just staggering. So um, that's at least another thing to consider. Yeah. It doesn't scale. In, in, in no version of a scaling website is there a place for a security plugin, period. Interesting. I want back in for a sec too. Um, Cameron was talking about backups and I agree with you, Cameron, 100%, but I have to put a caveat up there is I just went through one with a site owner who didn't know where their backup was. So like guys, manage your digital assets, Cameron smiling at me as we speak and, uh, know where you put stuff and also test to restore before you actually need it. Like test it ahead of time because too many times I've seen you know, coming from a large enterprise environment before backups that don't work properly. So I test to restores people. Hey. Yeah. Thank you. Um, oh. and uh, just ex that exact moment, some weird comment has come in on Facebook, which I, I don't know whether I just don't know, given the nature of the conversation that we're having, if somebody's being clever and writing something that could be kind of parsed by some kind of, uh, I don't know, um, engine as some sort of hacking thing i don't think so i just think it's spam which is kind of kind of the perfect time to uh, uh 
have a sort of spammy comment. Thanks anyway, Andy, for the uh, useful, useful comment, whatever that means. I don't suppose it's real. Right. Okay. Let us move on. If I can find my screen. There is an event. We were talking about AI earlier. If, like me, you are curious and you want to find out a little bit more, um, GoDaddy have got a an AI event. It's being held um, on the 5th of July, so a couple of days from now, Wednesday. It's at, uh, well, it's a virtual event. It's an online thing. And it's being run by Marcus Burnett um, and Adam Warner. And it says, get ready to supercharge your web creation skills with Narcus Bennett's session on levering artificial intelligence for building WordPress websites. So maybe there's some of the questions that we were talking about will be mentioned in there. I'll leave the link in the show notes and you can go and register for that if you like. Uh, right. Okay. The, this is the last piece of WordPressy stuff. This dropped on my doorstep because Cameron wanted to mention it. WP Campus website. Uh, they've announced that they are terminating their partnership with Pantheon. I read it ever so briefly, Cameron, so I suspect that you're the best person to intro it. What What's going on here? Yeah, so there are some allegations that Pantheon are, um, that, that hate groups are hosting their websites on Pantheon. And WP Campus said, hey, um, we don't like that. So, um, you know, we don't want to, if, unless you, you know, get rid of these guys, uh, we don't want to associate with you. And, um, and I'm, I'm not bringing this article up to try and say that, you know, WP campus, uh, you know, should do this or that Pantheon should or shouldn't host these, um, sites, you know, there are reasonable ar arguments you could probably make either way if you want to look into it. Um, but I do want to point out, um, just how professionally this was handled um there's there's been lots of um ag aggressive comments and stuff thrown around like the there was a, a lot of stuff that flared up again over the weekend about wordcamp europe and like if you if you don't like the way certain things are done or you know that sort of thing you know th this is a good example of how to handle it you know not throwing hate around it at people like I've seen some of unfortunately in the community lately so yeah just just an example of how to handle political differences in a professional manner do you and mean it was handled we can well from to. both ends you felt it, was it it appears so yes oh nice interesting what so WP campuses rather than just going in and throwing mod which is yeah I mean I, I, just outside of WordPress that it seems to be like the modus operandi now, doesn't it? You know, you can just, yeah. you can cancel people very quickly, especially if you have some yeah. kind of following just by saying a few words. And so in theory, WP Campus could have leveraged the following that they've got and gone and done that. But rather than that, they got into a dialogue and the dialogue led to Pantheon basically saying, look, we've heard your concerns, but we're, this is what we're doing. And also this is the end of the conversation. We're not, we won't be able to take it any further. And so at that point, WP Campus was able to draw a line and say, okay, that we know what we're doing. You're doing your thing. We'll do us and we'll go elsewhere to find our hosting. So yeah, interesting yeah, points. Certainly what it appeared, appeared to yeah. turn out like to me. Yeah, so well, yeah, that's just, nice. just a good example of how to behave. Nice. Oh, so if, if only the article serves that purpose, then that's been worthwhile, hasn't it? Here's how to, here's how to handle a difference of opinion. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that the internet and social media in particular has really conspired against us as a species to, to be able to hold conversations 
does appear that it's so easy to just throw mod all over the place and make it stick as much as possible. Um, because that article got thrown in right at the last minute, I don't suppose Rob or Remkus have had a chance to look at it. So you can comment I now if not. you want. If not, we'll, did not, we'll crack on. Okay, we'll crack on. Uh, okay, so this is this is a personal thing. Apologies, uh, but this I, I don't often tweet, to be honest. And what I do tweet tends to be on a more automated nature. You know, I've got a service set up, so I produce a new podcast episode, out goes a tweet. And sometimes I tweet, but not not all that often. Um, but I did do a tweet this week, which got a surprising amount of interest for me, at least. I mean, it wasn't lots and lots and lots, but for my channel, it was, uh, you know, a bit. And I, I wrote the following, and I'm just wondering what you think. Nothing to do with WordPress. I wrote, I have kids, several in fact, and I made it a policy years ago to never share their images, thoughts, achievements, etc. Last night, I came close to breaking that rule, but I'm glad that I didn't. And I then went on to say, I love that my kids get to make their own way without a legacy of my proud moments. First things first, it's not like I am some sort of paragon of virtue. I, I record them. I upload images to things like Google Photos, and I occasionally share them with people who aren't in my immediate family. More or less everything gets shared with you know my parents and, and certainly everybody within the immediate family. And um, just to illustrate this, I actually sent the video in question to Remkus, because I just did, because... Uh, and Remka saw the video in question. We won't go into what was in the video, but it was a, like a proud moment for me. But it was one of those things where I thought, oh, I could put this online. Let's see how that goes. But then I, I reined it back in and thought to myself, no, no, this is not, not for me. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are. I got an avalanche of comments back basically saying, yeah, that's what we do. Or something along the lines of, well, we ask the children, do you mind if we share this one or do you mind if we don't? But typically, my, the comments I got back were, yeah, don't share. Uh, better to let the kids grow up and not have that debt. And the perfect example for me, I guess, is when I go to my parents' house, there's photographs of me on like wonky teeth and, you know, playing tennis or something. And just this knobbly need awkward kid, which I now am as an adult, but nevertheless. Um, and I, when I go into that environment, I think, would, could you just take them down? Could you just make no. them go away? I don't really want to see those bits of my life. And, uh, and so I think the internet has the capacity to do that for us. You know, <laughs> people will go out there, maybe job applications will be mixed up with a search on social for things that you did. And I don't know. I, that's my thinking. Anyway, so there you go. I, you chat about it. I agree with you. Um, to share with you, there's a story in Canada right now where a parent posted something embarrassing about her child and her child is now taking the parents to court over the posting on social media. So it's oh, gone grief. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the other thing we got to remember is from a privacy standpoint, especially if your kids are young, because most people don't know how to turn off the extra data on their cameras. So right away, you've told them, where you took the picture, where you live, how you live. And, and then they post these nice pictures while they're on vacation, which does even more of a problem. It says, hey, guys, I have an open house at home. Go rob me. I mean, there's all kinds of problems around posting pictures of kids. And I wouldn't do it. I, I, I tell parents not to do it. I wouldn't do it myself. Okay. Interesting. So, Remkes, you were the recipient of that video. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's not comment on that. He's gone silent again, I think. Oh, let me neck, Remkus. I do apologise. It's nothing to do with Just click refresh. I'll go to Cameron and I'll come back. Cameron, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Like, as a parent myself, and he does not like photos being shared on, on social media. So yeah, I, I use, like, he also doesn't have social media, so you can't yell at me if I do, but, um, better. Yeah. You, you, you certainly do need to keep kids, um, you know, privacy and their wishes in mind. Um, you know, I, I know I've been guilty of doing it from time to time. Um, like not, not like, you know, putting embarrassing stuff up and, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, like I, I'm, I'm lucky. My, my kid's an adult now. So, you know, yeah, it's it kind of makes things though, easier, it? but because the, yeah. the, the prism of what's embarrassing is very subjective. Mm. So like me for, I don't know, me taking a shot of, I don't know, my kid just falling over whilst playing, let's say cricket to me it was a comedy moment, you know, just, it's fine. Yeah. I just fell over. It's great. We all had a laugh. Maybe to them, it's the most humiliating episode that they can remember so i i think with all that my my predilection there was just simply i have no idea what they're going to think of it and i am actually that dad that that failed to sign or, or signed in the contrary every form that came out of school saying can we add your children to the you know the social network for, to promote the school can we put them on the website can we use their photographs in newsletters i was that awkward dad and sometimes i'd get a phone call from school saying, we're just about to do this team shot. Can your kid be in it? I'm like, no, they can't. And honestly, sometimes I felt, oh, you're mean and wicked. But, uh, but I thought, I just let them make their own mind up when they're 16. They, they'll have all the memories of it. This, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Remkus. I, I, I hear your sentiment. I'm a little bit in between. Um, so what we've... Early on, uh, my eldest is 25, so uh, uh, I grew up on the internet uh, also figuring out uh, as I was going. But the, uh, the, the stance I have now is that I, I, I only share what they give permission to share. Uh, and sometimes I go like, you know, that, that was funny or that's a nice picture of me and I'll share. Um, in general, I'll, I'll stick to what Rob said in terms of uh, privacy and whatnot. So if I share more pictures, for instance, it'll be on Instagram story. It's gone in 24 hours. Nobody's going to see Oh, it. that's curious, right? Uh, and I spe uh, specifically for my parents and, and my wife's parents and a few other family members, uh, there's the, the best friends, whatever you call that section in, in Instagram stories. They'll only see it. Um, so that's a, that's a nice workaround. But the default is I don't share. Um, it, and so my youngest is 16 and she still says, no, I don't, I don't like you to share stuff of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the last exception we made was, uh, well, she made, she did, uh, we were in, uh, in Scotland near, uh, Loch Ness and, um, she did like a, a ballerina dance, which we, she jumped up and it, I caught the picture of her perfect midair. It was just absolutely perfect from every single angle. And that's probably the last one where she said like, yeah, okay, this is a good one. That was nice. Okay, so, so permission. That one, but. Yeah, yeah. I think that's quite a nice model. I guess I guess they're of a certain age though, aren't they? When they get to the age of sixteen and their their mind is able to cope with the 
the output of all of that. That's interesting. Courtney made a comment that um, she's obviously doing quite a lot for for her company, GoDaddy. Um, so she's become more vague in her private messages. She shared more when they were uh, much younger. And then Marcus making the point that, yeah, um, just one or two possibly a year. Um, but the, he says that his wife does, but only to a close circle of friends. I suppose another part of it for me is who owns it? I've got this sort of vague notion that in the terms and conditions of all the social networks that I never read is that they own it once I've uploaded it. But from the moment you upload it, it's out of your control. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, you still own it, but they have an unlimited license to use it however they like. Right. So in effect, more or less kind of semantics there, really. Yeah. They kind of. They can do what they like with it. Yeah. So there was you, that you're, well. you're still the copyright holder. So, yeah. you know, if someone else took your image and reused it, you could say, Hey, take that down. Like that's, that's not, you know, the network's responsibility. It's your responsibility, but then the network can use it however they like. Given, yeah. given that all of the photos that I've got are basically digital and that I don't really want to have them online, I've tried really hard to find software which will enable me to look at all of them online. The one, that I've, the one that I've adopted is Plex. Yeah, um, is that what you said, Remkus? Yeah, yeah, I said Plex, but I meant Plex, yeah. Yeah, Plex. And that's pretty good. And I've got that connected to the Mac, which always sit basically more or less Same. a lot of the time sits on. Um, but you've obviously got that bandwidth thing. If you go, if you use a service like Google Photos, I guess it's doing a lot of compression and things, and it's it's much more immediate, but it works. So if, if, if like me, you want to be a Luddite and not have your children on Plex, P-E-L-X is a pretty good house. I have a... Uh, I have a media server that essentially runs Plex on it. It has every single photo on there. Yeah. And from there, back up. So it's also, yeah. I've, uh, I think I have my images backed up three times now. Yep. So three extra versus, yeah. you know, just have the phone. Yeah. You're like me. Um, I've got backups yeah. of the backups of the backups. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I've got the only thing I don't want to lose. <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is. And it is. I, my first digital camera is from 2001. So go for how long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is nice. My my children, they they do didn't really realise actually, because they hadn't done any kind of backing up. They swapped the phones only to realize, oh, I've lost them all. You know, they, they yeah. sold a phone, erased it and what have you. Oh, what do you mean? They've got yeah, yeah, you've gotta you've gotta actually get them off the phone somehow. So that was yeah. a bit of a disappointment. A lesson a lesson learned there. Just very quickly before we end, because I know we're running late, I'll just raise this article and I'll drop it and let let you go. Um, just to say, I thought this was a really curious page. Oh, no, I did it, didn't I? I apologize. No, I didn't. This is an, another AI uh, thing. Did I do this? No. I can't remember. Did I, did I do this in the I, show? Yeah. I remember I talked about it before the show. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's a really useful, amazing uh, consequence of AI. And this is surgeons uh, in the UK who are cutting the time it takes to treat cancer patients with radiotherapy uh, based upon how AI is able to interpret the images that are coming through the scanners. So although I am AI scared, stuff like this gives me uh, pause for thought. Right. Okay, there we go. Done. So I think I'm going to call this episode The Week of Glitches. Um, nice. I do apologize. I don't quite know what's going on. Maybe the it's this outs. platform, um, which is new to me. Remkus has used it. Maybe he's had glitches with it in the past. I didn't know. I have not. Um, not once. No. So maybe there's just something quirky about my internet connection. Mine's Having said all that, way. before we go, we've got to do the slightly humid. Look at you can barely see my hands because it's so bright where I live. 
Give us a wave. Give us a wave. Yay. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us in the comments. Really appreciate it. We'll be back next week with some other guests. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. It'll be posted tomorrow. Feel free to leave us some comments there. Take it easy. Bye.